Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. What? Like it's hard? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura. It's so good to have you here today. I hope you are doing well and having a really fabulous week so far. Really great kickoff to the holiday season. I hope you haven't fallen too victim, I suppose, to Black Friday sales. I feel like they're starting earlier and earlier every year, and I know everyone has been saying that lately, but it is really, really hard to ward off all of these sales when they're starting like at the beginning of November. So as we go into the holiday season, I encourage you to think a little deeper about your conscious consumerism choices, keep them in mind, maybe not even think deeper about them, but just keep them in the forefront. Remind yourself that you don't need more stuff. Your friends and your family don't necessarily need more stuff. Maybe there's an opportunity to opt for an experience over another thing under the Christmas tree, under the Hanukkah bush. But also, perhaps if you are pressured or you really, really want to buy a physical gift, let's think about shopping women-owned. Let's think about shopping black-owned, shopping small, shopping local, and thinking really deeply again just about all the things that we talk about all year long here on this show, conscious consumerism. There's no right season for it, but this is a season to really test yourself and vote with your dollar. So hope you are staying strong, I suppose at such a reflective time of year, dare I say, I think that this is a great opportunity for me to share our very first Rewind episode of Eco Chic. Today's conversation is one that has been shared previously on the show, shared a little over a year and a half ago. This conversation was shared March of 2020, right at the early, early days of COVID. What were we all consuming early days of COVID? Tiger King. And this week is the release of the second season of Tiger King. We are hearing from today Brittany Pete. She is the Deputy General Counsel for Captive Animal Law Enforcement at PETA. She is featured in Tiger King as the legal voice for captive animals. And I was so incredibly honored to be able to speak with Brittany at the release of Tiger King season one last year because she plays a really, really important role in the series. Breaking down this, dare I say elephant in the room, that seems like a really awful metaphor to use, 
But she really acknowledges the fact that while all of these people are absolute characters and absolute clowns, and this is a show that's great for entertainment value, we are really not talking that much about the tigers, and we are not talking about the legal parameters that even allow people to have tigers. So in today's conversation that you're about to hear, Brittany and I get into definitions. What is a legitimate zoo and what is a sanctuary and what is a roadside zoo? And how can you as a consumer of this entertainment or of these animal interactions be as conscious and decipher the most ethical and most humane situations that you are participating in or finding yourself donating to or whatever the case may be? What does it mean? to be a true, healthy, ethical sanctuary for animals, big cats or otherwise. And then we also talk a little bit about the specific characters in Tiger King. Brittany has a great understanding of these individual people featured on the show, of who is running a true sanctuary and who is not. We also, at the time, discussed the lawsuits that PETA currently had open. So I think it would be really interesting if afterwards we listen to this episode and then get into what the cases have kind of come to fruition with. And we also talk about the uh, legal parameters that even allow these cats to be owned and who is legally protecting these animals. What is the Big Cat Protection Act? And when is it ever okay to see animals for entertainment value? I asked Brittany Pete today very pointedly about the Britney Spears performance at the 2001 VMAs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is a very specific memory, but one that a lot of folks dress up for as Britney Spears for Halloween. And it's this performance where Britney Spears has this huge snake around her neck. There are tigers that come out, and there are even photos that have been shared of Doc Antle handling all the animals backstage. And Doc Antle, of course, is one of our main characters in the Tiger King series. He's the one that runs the zoo up in Myrtle Beach. But something to consider when we talk to Brittany Pete today about this performance and other celebrity performances involving animals is that that definitely does not need to happen in today's day and age. And there is not really any ethical way to use animals for entertainment values. So she gets into the parameters around that, the legal parameters, and what PETA is doing as an organization to best protect big cats and other animals, and what animals truly have no legal protection yet as the day stands. So a really fascinating conversation. I say at the end that it is quite a juicy conversation because I really do feel that way. She gives us so much tea, and she really gets into these characters again and helps us better understand what it means to take this show and put it into the real world and conceptualize what it means to interact with animals. So I'm really excited to share this with y'all. It's a topic that I don't get into all that much on the show because quite frankly, I don't have expertise in ethics around animals. And so when I get to speak with an expert, especially someone like Brittany Pete, who is so deeply involved not only in the legislation, but also in the day-to-day maintenance of this legislation, I suppose we can call it. She doesn't just know it from a legal perspective. She knows it because she lives it and she knows these people and she knows these stories because she is so deeply ingrained in the work. So I'm thrilled to share this conversation with y'all. Thank you again, PETA, for reaching out to me last year to share this conversation and to facilitate this uh, really incredible educational opportunity. And I'm excited to share it with y'all. Like I said, this is probably like top 10 favorite episodes of Eco Chic I've ever put out. So I'm excited to share it as a rewind episode. Let me know what y'all think. 
And I will have in the show notes some resources from PETA on animal sanctuaries versus zoos and maybe a little handbook for us to better understand what we are getting ourselves into if we're interacting with any of these kinds of facilities. In the show notes, of course, I will also have my contact information as per usual. You can always get in contact with me on Instagram at EcoChicPodcast, and all of my other contact links will be down below. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you are having a really great week. If you are celebrating Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Say hello to your friends. Say hello to your family. And I will talk to y'all really, really soon. Have a good one. Enjoy. Brittany, I'm really excited for this conversation today. I really can't wait to get into it. I would love for us to start with just setting the scene of what wildlife in captivity looks like today in America. I think a lot of people will be shocked to to hear that that conditions for captive wildlife in roadside zoos across the United States hasn't changed much in the past hundred years. We still frequently see tigers and bears pacing back and forth on concrete floored prison cells that are 10 by 10. Um, These animals who in the wild would explore home ranges of hundreds of miles who are only able to take a few steps in either direction for their entire lives. Um, We see primates who are held in, in solitary confinement being driven mad, picking at their own bodies, um, creating bloody sores. And this is the norm at roadside zoos across the United States. Wow, that's a really powerful image to think about. I'm also curious to know in your eyes with the cases that you deal with, what you think maybe the largest affected group of animals is when it comes to animals in captivity. I'm just curious, especially after watching Tiger King, like we were talking about uh, before the call, and just, just are cats the biggest issue? Are bears the biggest issue? Are there primates? Like, what do you think is the most affected group that you deal with? It's so hard to say because they're all affected so significantly in different ways, but there's, there's no denying that, that, that tigers fare extremely poorly in captivity in in the United States and that the tiger cub petting industry that's featured in the docu-series Tiger King is the primary contributor to that. We have a huge captive tiger overpopulation crisis in the United States that is directly fueled by the, the cub petting industry because these cubs can only be used for a few months at a time. There is a constant cycle of of cruelty where the the tiger mothers are forced to push out cubs their babies are stolen shortly after they're born which causes horrific trauma to both the babies and the mothers and then those cubs who should be sleeping 18 hours a day are forced to to work often 12 hours a day Um, we've seen inspection reports Um, from the U.S. Department of Agriculture describing tiger cubs who are so exhausted from being forced to work hour after hour that they have to literally be dragged across the floor um, to force them to interact with with the public. Also, these exhibitors can line their pockets. 
No, you're absolutely correct in saying that it's about lining pockets. When I think about the greed that has to be associated, this financial driver of all of these horrific situations that these animals are put in, it's really stark to think that a lot of people are buying into these roadside zoos or buying into some sort of animal interactive experience because they think they love animals. So why wouldn't they want to support this so-called rescue organization or whatever it is? So I feel like it's also really hard from the everyday person, like consumer standpoint to say this isn't okay or this this is something that I shouldn't be supporting in any capacity, whether I care about tigers or not, whether I want to see a baby tiger or not. I think that's probably really hard for people. It, absolutely. And I think it, tiger cubs are really cute. There's no denying that. And, and tigers are majestic, dangerous, mysterious creatures that we're all fascinated by. And so I certainly understand the draw. But I think that the, the most important thing that people need to keep in mind if they're faced with the decision of, of whether or not to interact with a baby tiger is, you know, your few minutes of fun with that tiger cub sentences them to a lifetime of cruelty. Um, and, and often that cub will not see his or her six-month birthday. Because once they age out of cub petting, they're a financial liability to the exhibitor, and many of them are simply killed. And, and nobody, nobody wants to be responsible for that or contribute to that. And, and that's the most important reason to never, ever support cub petting. Wow. Is, is cub petting really the one big activity that's like the red flag? Is there ever a situation, I'm curious to know, is there ever a situation where the zoos, the roadside zoos, these attractions, is it ever okay? Is there ever a point where it's like truly a, an honest rescue organization or it's truly an honest effort to keep these animals protected in some capacity? Absolutely. There, there are a number of, of reputable sanctuaries across the country that do provide excellent care for for captive wildlife who've been rescued from abuse and neglect in roadside zoos, the pet trade, circuses. Um, there, there are a number of ways to tell the difference between a reputable sanctuary and a pseudo-sanctuary or a roadside zoo. True sanctuaries never ever breed animals. They never allow direct contact between members of the public and animals. They never buy or sell animals. And the focus at, at sanctuaries, at, at true sanctuaries, is on the well-being of the animals, not on profit and not on the visitor experience. And the easiest way to tell if a facility that, that you're interested in is a true sanctuary or not is to, is to look at whether or not they're accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, which is an accrediting body that has the highest standards of animal care. Um, across the world. And uh, Big Cat Rescue, that is, um, which is featured in, in Tiger King, operated by Carol Baskin, is an example of a true sanctuary. Um, some people are walking away with a, a misimpression of, of Big Cat Rescue. Their enclosures are not accurately portrayed. I've been to Big Cat Rescue several times myself. Um, 
that the enclosures are actually much larger than what you're able to see in the docu-series. The docu-series shows you hordes of people waiting to get into the sanctuary, um, misleading viewers into, into believing that there are hundreds of um, visitors to the sanctuary um, overtaking the facility every day. Well, that was one, it was a one day event that, that Big Cat Rescue holds every year um, where they have around 600 people. And it's a fundraiser for Tigers in the Wild. And they were able to, to raise $30,000 for true tiger conservation projects in the wild uh, on that one day. But the documentary doesn't tell you that. Interesting. I would have never known because you're totally right in saying that the edits that certain people got, that certain situations got, I, as a viewer, I was eating it up. I think that's the point. It's, it's a Netflix show. It's getting people to want to watch this craziness really unfold. But I'm also so stuck on the idea, the closing statements really of the show were about animals in captivity. And I think I mentioned this to you earlier, one of my biggest takeaways or the things that I was really left wanting more information on were the tigers and what are we going to do about the tigers and justice for the tigers. And when we're talking about true sanctuaries, when we're talking about people who truly do want the best for these animals, one of the biggest gaps seems to be that there's very little in terms of exotic animal law and like captivity law. So I would love to hear your thoughts and your kind of reflections on where we need to go from a legal perspective on how to make sure these animals are continuing to be truly protected and truly supported in some capacity. I think a lot of people are really shocked after watching Tiger King that I mean, Jeff Lowe, Mario, Tibro, they're felons. They can't own a gun, but they can own, you know, in, in Jeff Lowe's case, dozens of deadly predators. How is that legal? How, how is that possible? You know, how is it possible for your neighbor to, to have a tiger in a cage in their backyard? And so I think people are, are starting to wake up to the lack of appropriate regulation of, of captive wildlife and large predators in particular in the United States. And, um, you know, currently in the United States, the federal government um, has uh, what's called the, the Animal Welfare Act. It's regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it provides minimal, um, truly minimal standards for a limited number of, of animal enterprises. Um, it, it covers commercial, commercial activity for, of warm-blooded animals. So so tigers are covered and roadside zoos and circuses are required to have a license under the Animal Welfare Act. But the standards are so backward and, and inappropriate that, that really the only, the only standard that they have for, for space, for tigers, for example, um, they essentially only have to be able to stand up, turn around, and be able to take a few steps in either direction. And that's considered providing an animal with appropriate welfare. The Animal Welfare Act is, is far behind the times in terms of animal welfare science and what animals truly need to be able to survive and stay sane in, in captivity. Um, there is legislation um, 
that is pending in, in Congress right now called the Big Cat Public Safety Act that would prohibit the private ownership of big cats, including tigers. And it would also prohibit direct contact between members of the public and big cats. So if, if we were able to pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act, tiger cub petting would be a thing of the past. And, and one of the, the biggest issues affecting captive animal welfare in the United States would be resolved immediately. And so we definitely encourage everyone to reach out to your federal representatives and tell them that you want them to support this critically important legislation. And, you know, as, as problematic as Tiger King is, it has the potential to create a groundswell of support for legislation like the Big Cat Public Safety Act that can put these criminals out of business and, and prevent the horrific cruelty to animals that's been occurring at their hands. Wow. Thank you so much for laying that all out. I have to think, and I don't mean to sound too like devil's advocate about this, but when we're talking about outlawing private ownership of big cats, I have to imagine in some capacity that that would kind of leave a breeding ground for an underground black market trading system. Is that a reasonable, does that make sense? Is that something that I'm kind of making up in my head? My thought would be now we would have a problem with this black market sales of cats. And, and that's certainly possible, but given the, the scale of breeding and abuse that's happening right now above ground, it's not a big concern that I have. Um, you know, tigers grow up really quickly and they get really, really big and they're really, really dangerous and really difficult to maintain. So it's not easy for people to, to hide tigers. So a black market in, in, in live tigers um, would be so minuscule. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, there's, it's no justification for not addressing this real issue of, of cruelty that's happening right now. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You're completely yeah. right. Because how would you really, a tiger that's a year old, it's still a giant animal. How would you hide that from your neighbors? How would you hide that in any capacity? And how do you continue to maintain that animal? Like they were showing that they have this Walmart meat truck of just yeah. meat that they're dumping into these facilities. And it's a lot to maintain an animal underground, quote unquote, I would have to imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that that's a big concern, but we have, with the Big Cat Public Safety Act, we have an amazing opportunity to, to solve this problem and, um, and to put Jeff Lowe and Tim Stark and Doc Antle and Mario Tebro out of the animal abusing business for good. Wow. And my final thought, I guess, to bring up to you Beyond the conversation of tigers, I was thinking, switching gears a little bit, really, if we are to talk about animals in captivity, and we briefly talked before the, before the recorded portion of this, we talked a little bit about animals in captivity with blackfish and the idea that there are also a lot of marine animals that wouldn't be covered under that original protection act of all warm-blooded animals. So things like dolphins and whales and 
and people do seem to be waking up to the injustices that are really happening when it comes to marine animals. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that entire different sphere if you interact with it at all. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so marine mammals um, are covered under the Animal Welfare Act, um, but uh, uh, but fish, for example, um, you know, m- other marine wildlife that aren't mammals are not covered. Um, horses are not covered under the Animal Welfare Act. Birds are not currently regulated under the Animal Welfare Act. There's a, there there are millions of animals in the United States in laboratories and zoos and aquariums that are not regulated um, at all. So uh, we, ha- we have a lot of work to do to, to adequately protect these animals, but ultimately they shouldn't be held in captivity in the first place. I completely see what you're saying. Brittany, I'm lastly just like curious to hear a little bit about what you're working on now and what you see as where we have to be focusing our efforts when it comes to animals in captivity and regulation? Well, the Big Cat Public Safety Act is something that is is really important and and that everyone can can be a part of of passing. Um, In the meantime, um, our legal team has a number of lawsuits that are currently pending that are, are working to end the worst abuses of animals in captivity, including tiger cub petting. Um, we have a lawsuit pending right now against both Tim Stark and Jeff Lowe, who are featured in, in Tiger King. And we just won our first tiger cub petting lawsuit last week. Um, that, that lawsuit was against a Florida facility called Dade City's Wild Things that um, has done a lot of business with Joe Exotic over the years. And we we finally now have a federal court order stating unequivocally that prematurely separating baby tigers from their mothers and forcing them into interactions with the public violates the Federal Endangered Species Act in the United States. So we are very excited um, to to have that order. Dade City's Wild Things um, has reportedly closed its doors for good now and we rescued the final six tigers from that facility earlier this week. Um, they arrived at their new sanctuary home yesterday, and we're really excited about what we're going to be able to do with this with this court order to end cub petting in the United States. Congratulations. That's really exciting. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. And you know what? I know I keep saying, like, last question, last question, but as you're talking, <laughs> I just have so many things that are running through my head when it comes to animals in captivity and when it comes to injustices. And and I know that you also work with animals that are in the entertainment industry and in, in work, really. And there's this photo that you may have seen, and it's of Doc Antle behind the scenes with uh, Britney Spears before her yes. 2001 VMAs performance. An iconic performance. I'm a big, yes. like, 2000s girl. And <laughs> I'm so curious to hear a little bit about like what it looks like when animals are being used in entertainment correctly versus incorrectly. And is there ever a place for animals? Is this kind of like what we were saying that there are true sanctuaries? There are, maybe there are true reasons to have animals in entertainment. What does that, what does that field look like that scene? Yeah, there, there is no way to humanely use a wild animal in entertainment. They're, they're wild animals. And 
we've seen and, and we've shown in undercover investigation after undercover investigation that the reality for animals behind the scenes in the entertainment industry is beatings and food deprivation and horrific cruelty to force them to perform these silly and unnatural tricks. Um, we have amazing technology now, whether it's CGI or the ability to use existing footage. Um, there's simply no reason to use wild animals in entertainment anymore. And one of PETA's calls to action following um, the, the success and the fervor around Tiger King is, is to renew our call um, to celebrities to pledge to never again work with with wild animals, and Britney Spears will will certainly be part of that. And we're hoping that that Tiger King will um, will also prompt people to to think about the the tigers and the bears that they see on their TV screens, in addition to those that they see in cages at roadside zoos, because it's just as cruel. Brittany, this has been so juicy. I feel like you have <laughs> just opened my eyes to so many things. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much again for just educating me. I feel like there's so many things that happen in our day-to-day -day lives and just things like roadside zoos, things like seeing animals on TV that you assume are okay just because they're so normalized. Yeah. 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 And I just, I'm so taken aback. Yeah, it's a it's a big, big problem, but one that we're really, really excited that we're able to have these sorts of discussions now, um, you know, now that that people are are starting to think about it after seeing Tiger King. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me again. This has been such a treat and such an eye opener. Oh, thank you so much. I was really, really glad to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed our conversation with Brittany Pete, Deputy General Counsel for Captive Animal Law Enforcement at PETA. Quick update if you were listening closely and wondering where the legal matters currently stand that Brittany shared with us in this episode. As of February of 2021, the Big Cat Public Safety Act was introduced to the House Committee on Natural Resources. It is still at committee. It has not yet been passed to the House, passed to the Senate, or become a law yet. But that means that you can still call your representatives and call your senators to get this Big Cat Public Safety Act passed. Like I said in the show notes, I will have resources from PETA on animal advocacy, on ethical engagement with zoos, what to look for from zoos, and I'll also have my contact in the show notes. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Hope y'all enjoyed this conversation and I hope you have a fabulous week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.